Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Bonnie, Leah, and Cammie talking about our one cool advertising thing. Bonnie already talked about misrepresentation, but before we dive back in, let's get to know something random about our gal pals. I want to know, what is the last thing you bought specifically because an ad convinced you? All right, I will go first. And mine is totally lame, but at the same time, Katie's going to love this. I'm love it. <laughs> Every time an Olive Garden commercial <laughs> comes on the damn television... I have it. to go to Olive Garden. It's you like, need it. what mm-hmm. is this? They have mastered those commercials to show me the breadsticks, mm-hmm. to show me the salad, and then to show me some creamy pasta that yeah. I can't make. Oh yeah, <laughs> because that salad dressing, ugh, I can't. I can't make that. You're making me want to go to Olive Garden. That's what I'm saying. Work for them. There's something <laughs> in that damn. Like, I mean, it'll happen every now and again where I'll see an advertisement for you know another restaurant, and you you know what I mean. You'll be like, oh yeah, I could go for that, but. Every time I go, damn it. And then Josh is like, so we're going to Olive Garden this week? Yes. <laughs> like, I'm mad about it at this point because Olive Garden ain't cheap, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but it's tasty. So that's the one that gets me every time. Food ads are hard. <laughs> I feel that, are. too. I'm just, like, slightly hungry and sitting on the couch and suddenly something amazing comes yeah. on TV. I love, have you guys ever seen any of those Um how they make food look good in ads. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, None of it's is, even yeah. edible. It's yeah. crazy. Mashed potatoes are lipstick colored yes. on them. Yeah. Uh-huh. It yeah. is mean, mean Maple tricks. Maple syrup is right. oil. Yeah. Uh, what the hell? It's weird. <laughs> I kind of am fascinated by it, though. I, I, I like to know the, the tricks behind the curtain. So I like it's to know it. But they do make that shit look good. <laughs> so good. Better than it's ever been there. Yeah. I have to say. What McDonald's burger have you ever gotten that has looked as good as it is in that commercial? None. That's, never. Yeah, because it doesn't exist. Happen. It's the Cindy Crawford. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Tell oh. you back to the last I wonder episode. if there's like some <laughs> really gross carrots sitting around that are like, why can't we look like those carrots on the ass? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. No. No, the anyway. ingredients are, fe- are feel like objectified. Right. They've been falsely represented. And then you have represented those in advertising. <laughs> they were going to riot. Disney foods that are dancing out of refrigerators. I have oh, never goodness. seen my groceries do that. Right. <laughs> What's yours, Miss Bonnie? I'm trying to think. I know I've clicked on stuff. Right. But did you buy it, though? I bought. I, I'm pretty sure it was an ad that I got my, my hair color-y stuff. The, but it was um, teal, and that's your favorite color. Teal. Isn't that the easiest sell ever? It's yeah. like, does it? But is it? It's like is it, it knows me. I know, right? <laughs> it does. <laughs> Wait, it literally know. actually does. Yeah. It's an algorithm. It's figured uh, there it out. There you go. I was going to say a logarithm. <laughs> yes. A logarithm. Yeah, a logarithm. I, I, I know I, I click on some stuff. I'm trying to think if there was anything... That, that was I actually like, bought. Like I know about the overtone stuff, but right. Oh my gosh, I keep seeing the overtone on Facebook, and I want it. I have yet to They're see so that. Good. I mean, Bonnie shared it with me, and yet it hasn't shown up on my feed That's yet. Strange. Maybe they just know I'm a fairy girl. I'm still waiting <laughs> for the flood of women's history books to pop up right? on my Facebook ads. Yeah, we're looking for stuff for the library, mm-hmm. and it hasn't happened yet. You know what I've been getting? 
Um, I've been getting uh, stuff that says librarian on it. So like oh. today it was a pair of um, Converse that say librarian on them mm. and like books. So I'm getting, oh, and back to school. Get your uh, librarian mm. degree now at whatever university. That's the ones I'm getting instead. <laughs> Thanks, Facebook. <laughs> I think that counts because I'm in the same boat, Bonnie. I... I've started watching um, Hulu and Netflix, which Hulu, I watch it with commercials, um, but none of them have gotten to me yet. But the Facebook ads are where I'm real weak. Is that where it I'm gets, like, yeah. yeah, I want a shirt that says I'm namaste, except for all these profanities. <laughs> I ordered that. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I ordered that. I also at least I've trained my Facebook. You're talking about the women's history books. Um, my Facebook does seem to know my politics. I think my most it's recent out, purchase yeah. was lip gloss called Fuck Trump. <laughs> nice. nice. So, so it has sucked me in, too. That's a real hard one for me to scroll past and be like, oh. And it says it's cheap, too? Right. Oh. Of course. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah, represents yeah. me as a person, and it's under $20. Yeah. Done. Buying it. A few times a month, the descent pens pops up. Oh, those are hard. Yeah, I got yeah. earrings. There you go. <laughs> Cammy, do you resist the Facebook ads? I know, right? I never go on Facebook. So. True. Smart. But you watch a lot of Hulu, Smart. though. The Hulu ads That's where they really will get, get you. The Hulu ads don't really get to me. The only time that they get to me is uh, with the Marvel ads. They oh. play the Endgame ads. It's just, we should go see that again in theaters. This but is true. I just need to wait to have that movie break me for the third time. Yeah. <laughs> That was probably the last one was Endgame where it's, oh yeah, we should go see that again. Didn't they? And again and again and again until we die. Because they went to re-release it with extra stuff in it. Yeah, like an yeah. extra couple minutes of stuff. We will go see it again. <laughs> yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. It's, they the... did that and then they did an ad like slightly before that and it was that and then the news that they added stuff and it was, yeah, we should go see that again. I mean, we didn't, but I still kind of want to. There's still time. Even though it's, <laughs> even though I've already seen it twice. Mm-hmm. It's trying to beat. Well, it did actually officially beat uh, Avatarded. So yes. um, that's uh, forever is what I call that movie is Avatarded. Because you can't rip off Dances with Wolves and Fern Gully and think I'm going to call it a normal freaking name, James Cameron. And it's Avatarded. Pocahontas. It's like and the Pocahontas. whole yes. white savior stereotype. Thing. It's oh my not God, original material out. at all. No, but, uh, <laughs> South Park has ruined James Cameron for me. Good. I think I showed you. You did. Because the song? <laughs> it's the song that they do. I'll play it the break. It's like they talk about they've lowered the bar for like television and stuff with yeah. like Honey Boo Boo and that James Cameron gets in his little submarine to go find the bar and he has made his own little theme song. Because the bar has been lowered and he will find it because, you know. His James Cameron. He also wants to make sure the bar is as low as possible. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't want to put you on the spot, Cammie, but since you're quite a bit younger than all the rest of us, <laughs> do you remember as a kid ever desperately wanting something for a holiday or a birthday oh, yeah. do you remember? because of advertisement? That hasn't happened in a while. Yeah, because we got Cause rid we of did, cable. Because we did get cable. That would have been, yeah. been my downfall. I mean, I know... What was this weird pillow things that we wanted because of an advertisement? That was probably pillow the pals last, the or pillow something pets? like that. The pillow pets. Pillow, pillow pets. pets. Yes, that, that was, was an advertisement that, thing. Yes, it was a, it was a it Nickelodeon was just, thing. I really wanted it, but I've always been weird with I don't want too many gifts. I'll be fine. It's just I you have were the pretty one, good. I have the one expensive thing that I want, yeah, and then does. I shut down all my other wants <laughs> to prioritize. I'm currently trying to get a Lego Mustang. 
Yes. Mm. Looking at you. I know. Lego I know Mustang. you are. I feel it. I feel it. I know you want that Lego Mustang. <laughs> Legos are cheap, y'all. I mean, she doesn't want a real Mustang, Mom. Correct. Not I know. Yet. Exactly. That's why I'm... Woohoo! Not yet. <laughs> there is still time. There is still time. Well, I did notice definitely, and I don't want to speak for my glorious child. Please correct me. Uh, we got rid of cable when Breaking Bad enter, uh, mm. ended. That was like Breaking Bad season finale. The next day we got rid of cable. <laughs> um, the Christmas list from both of my babies went from everything on the commercial break to these are just a few things that I want. Like the Christmas list and the birthday list was like, way way cut in half and it was the things they really wanted that they saw that they knew they would play it was interesting just how it changed from you have to have this to this is what i really want um and that's what was fascinating but a lot of the stuff that you would see on the commercials i would i would wait for her to ask me like three times you know what i mean like (laughs) i would wait and see if you really wanted it otherwise it was like i'll gladly spend the money on something you want versus you know what i mean three things that you don't want (laughs) Mm Absolutely. does that sound fair do you remember like the list getting smaller or anything like that really i mean it does sound accurate because i was just seeing a lot of the toy ads less because we had stopped watching spongebob constantly on nick right (laughs) and now we just watch it on wherever oh dvd (laughs) and amazon yeah there's a youtube channel where it's just spongebob 24 7 like it's streaming see is it a youtube writer or like an actual youtube i think it's like it's a youtube Probably just channel, a channel, but just it's a like YouTube a live stream. feed of right. YouTube live stream, yeah. yeah. Of all the YouTube. I've seen those. I try to resist those because, I mean, I try to limit my bootlegs as much as possible. There. Well, <laughs> I remember when Twitch did the Bob Ross stream oh live my event. God, yes. Oh, that nearly broke the internet. We were watching that. <laughs> I watched it when they first started it, and it was the most joyous occasion of my life. <laughs> It's just, there would be just the giant spam of ruined, 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 saved, saved, saved. Because everyone loves Bob Ross. Except for Sam, my youngest. Um, Bob Ross puts her to sleep in about Mm. two minutes. He's a very peaceful man. That's why the Twitch changed it, because the chat is... It keeps you awake. I mean, wait. The chat is a chaotic (laughs) neutral at all times, so it helps keep you awake. I get Bob Ross, it is a bit... It does make you a bit sleepy. Right. But for some reason, that made it very fun to watch everyone's constant reactions and trying to make it as chaotic as they possibly could. (laughs) And it made it a lot of fun to watch. I dig it. I like it. (laughs) Well, Katie, who do you have for us? Who is your one cool thing? I I feel like I'm always being um, contradictory to our group effort. (laughs) You are fine. (laughs) If you guys choose one person, I choose a theme. Yeah. If you guys choose an advertising campaign, (laughs) I choose a person. That is totally fine. You you keep us on our toes. I don't know. (laughs) Plus, you're also giving the variety, which is the spice of life. Spice of life. And I know I'm influenced by advertising but i've been removed from the cable like you were talking about for quite a while so i couldn't really think of an advertising campaign so i turned to google like we all do to kind of find out who are like the first and the big power players and i know leah mentioned some at the beginning of our intro first first um and they were they were much older in time than who i've Mm -hmm. brought to the table yeah um so they were kind of the very early pioneers and then we went through the great depression and then Mm -hmm. world war ii 
Um, and so the person I'm bringing to you is in the 50s and 60s when Ooh, really boomers. Yeah, advertising took off because we were finally done with yes. the Great Depression, with World War Two. People um, had money people and babies, had money we and babies, and they wanted to need. buy things. Right. <laughs> exactly. There was a so, Cold War going on. You know, where you could spark fear <laughs> to buy more things. Exactly. Compulsively buy so, things. So I mean, there's a reason Mad Men. Is you know yeah. our crime show about advertising agencies because that was kind of quite the glory day for it. Yeah. Um, but much like every job industry, um, it was slow to recognize the genius of women. Of course. To incorporate them into it and include them. Um, so the person I'm talking about today is Mary Wells Lawrence. Nice. Yes, and she has many firsts to her name, um, but really she was the first to make a name for herself with uh, having her ideas listened to is how I think of it. Nice. Um, she became the head of so much and I'm going to refer to my paper. So I yes, make more sense. Absolutely. Tell us how she <laughs> broke on through to the she other side. She broke on through. Um, well, as all linear biographies go, I will tell you she was born in Youngstown, Ohio. <laughs> Oh, she's an Ohio Midwest girl. She's an Ohio gal. Midwest girl that made her way oh. to New York. Wow. Um, she was born in 1928. Gotcha. Um, she, her mom always wanted her, really was, I think, quite quite the feminist herself because nice. she didn't want her daughter to look for a husband and rely on that. She wanted her, her daughter to do what she wanted to do and, and be herself. Hopefully I'm not speaking out of line because Mary Wells Lawrence is still living. So right. if you heard that, <laughs> ma'am, I hope I'm correct. <laughs> but due to my keen internet research, um, her mom put her in um, elocution classes oh, to gotcha. get over her shyness and put oh. her in acting and dancing classes. Oh, okay. And she even went at 17 um, to a special school for, I believe, acting in New York. Gotcha. Uh, but then she decided she wanted to go. She wasn't interested in performing. She wanted to go down another path. Mm -hmm. um, and she transferred to uh, Carnegie Institute of Technology in Pittsburgh. Oh. Um, and she... I don't know what she studied, guys. Oh, <laughs> fashion gotcha. advertising management. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Like a lady does. Look at that. I like yep. that they group those together, actually. Interesting. <laughs> because I'm just saying, yeah. there's a lot of variety you could go with uh, job-wise on there. So, yeah, nice. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so she went to school for a couple of years, and then she got married. Um, and then she decided to go to New York. Cool. So she headed to New York um, and worked in Macy's in um, merchandising there. Gotcha. Um, and then she moved into more advertising situations. Gotcha. Um, she worked at a few firms. Um, she became a copy chief and vice president. Ooh. So she just didn't move in and do the ads. She wanted to run the show. Yeah. Um, she entered into a Jack Tinker and Parker's agency, um, started a project called the Tinker Tank. Tinker <laughs> Tinker Tank. Um, I like it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. sounds, it sounds very 50s, 60s. Um, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> so it was taking some of the brightest, most creative advertising individuals um, and letting them just concentrate on the biggest accounts that Interesting. like it, it was a think tank of them. And when they had like a really something important to do, they would come to them. Yeah. Um, and, and ask. They were like probably like a, the brainstorming group. You know what right. I mean? Think outside the box kind of group. Absolutely. I do love those. Um, so I feel like Mary Wells Lawrence probably had a really interesting personal life as well. I'm going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but I will say that she has a biography that I think we need to add to our list. Ooh, yes. Ooh. What is 
it called, guys? I know. What did she do? I've her name. Oh, done some super impressive highlighting. That I is... like how Bonnie's like, I'm ready for the yep. list. I'm going to add it right now. She <laughs> is on top of it. <laughs> um, Bonnie's like, this is my job. Bonnie, y'all. I'm going to work through it, and then I'm going to tell you. Um, but I just wanted to touch on her personal life, that during all of this, um, she was married for a few years. She got divorced. Gotcha. She married him again. Oh. Oh, she pulled an Elizabeth Taylor, did she? She did. Um, divorced him again, of course. Um, and then uh, made connections in her advertising world and met the president of an airline who was super into her. And she was like, mm, I'm a little too serious about my work. Right. Don't really have time for you. Um, and you he, could, you could jet set around the world. Right, just, anyway, go ahead. yes. <laughs> I will say one impression I've gotten is that she is a hard worker. She's determined. Right, this and is she's her driven. Life. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. driven. Got it. Um, so about the time that she met him, um, she had been working at that think tank and at another advertising agency, um, and they were talking to her about how they wanted to make her president because she should be president and yeah. she's amazing. But they just didn't think that it would work to have a woman president. Uh, oh, right? Uh, sexism. Uh, and Mary was like, mm, I quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screw you, so boy, bye. So she met two, um, two people she worked with during this time period that uh, she worked well with and she was really close with. And they all set out on their own to start their own ad agency. Oh. Yes. So when they started their own ad agency, she became the chairman of the board, the executive chief officer. Yes. Which means that when their ad agency went public in 1968, she became the first female CEO of a company traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So she's breaking barriers in advertising, but just in women being CEOs and management across the board. Right. First female CEO. EO in a publicly traded company. So, and one of the biography little blurbs I read about her talked about how she really um, got paid a great salary for the time too. Right. Um, And that by, I think, three three to five years into this, they were making millions of dollars a year. Oh, wow. For their ad. Now, when I tell you some of the ads she's responsible for creating, I think you'll understand why the money was rolling in. Right. Do you remember these words, guys? Plop, plop. Fizz, fizz. Uh, oh, oh, what a relief it is. <laughs> there yeah. it is. Look at that. She did the Alka-Seltzer ad. Nice. Um, she did the New York City campaign, I Heart New York. Oh, really? Because oh, I mean, I always think that. of the, the John Lennon shirt, the I Heart New York shirt. That, mm-hmm. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it was, Um, I don't know what all forms it took, but I saw a little blurb of a TV commercial where I love yeah. New York and had... Oh, it was very uh, 70s-tastic. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> um, she did the Ford Motor Company Quality is Job One. Gotcha. I don't I'm remember that one. not Yeah, that one. gotcha. No. no. Um, Maybe, Cammy, when you learn more about your Ford Mustang, <laughs> we'll come across that one and be like, oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, and then one of the most impressive, really encompassing ads she did was... Um, the man I was just telling you about that she met that worked at a major airline, was president mm-hmm. of the airline, um, came to her to completely um, redesign their airline. Yeah. And she, her lo- her slogan for this was basically, why fly on a plane plane? So she ah. was the first to come up with this idea of painting the plane bright colors. Gotcha. And she had, what's his name, Emilio Pucci? You know, all the swirly and bright, colorful designs. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Yeah, I'm I'm so far off my notes here, guys. But <laughs> oh yeah, you are fine. <laughs> so the stewardess um, were in outfits designed by him. Oh. And so just really embracing the colors of this era and incorporating it into yeah. the design of the plane, the outside, the outfits, and the advertising slogan. I'm picturing like Austin Powers. Remember right. when they yeah. had the plane and like, and, yeah, okay. All right. Sweet. Look at that. A plain plane. <laughs> Why fly in a plain plane? Um, so they also did things for um, American Motors, Cadbury Schweppes, okay. Pan American World Airways. Um, Procter and Gamble, RC Cola, Sheraton Hotels and Resorts. So they had major wow. big clients, and they're like all over the map as far as different, you know, mm-hmm. different things too. So yeah, oh wow. Yep, she was um, she was introduced, or what would you call it? And she was named to the advertising. She was named Advertising Woman of the Year in 1971. Ooh. Um, she was inducted into the American Advertising Hall of Fame. Sweet. Oh, and here you go, Bonnie. Her autobiography is called A Big Life in Advertising. Ah, it was yeah. published in 2002. Oh, so I think nice. that would be really interesting to read, especially as I got to know more about her because I think yeah. her life philosophy is is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and I want to find my notes on this. Oh, And I kind of want to describe to you her lavish lifestyle that being <laughs> such a mega star afforded her. Right. Um, so she had 30 homes. 30? Yeah, I like that you almost did a spit take. I really almost did 30 because I'm like, I'm, I thought you were going to go with three. Like, I thought you were... No. 30? That's one for almost every day Private of the planes. month. I mean, she also <laughs> she also married a, a, a man that was quite wealthy, but she right. had her own and her own She married respect. him a couple of times, too, it sounds well, like. Well, no, this was her third husband. <laughs> okay, all right. Harding it. Lawrence. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, so... um. And when she sold her company, it sold for millions and millions and millions. I would think after so. After working in the field for 40 years. Wow. It was finally sold off. She created an empire. She absolutely did. My goodness gracious. So the thing I wanted to talk about that was kind of interesting that I think would be a fun discussion for us was kind of her attitude about work and home life. Because I know nowadays we talk a lot about balance. Right. And right. we talk about changing the system so balance is possible. Yeah. Because there's so much discrimination um, for working women taking time for their children if they want to be mothers or whatever. Yeah. Um, so her philosophy was that work came first. Gotcha. Husband came second. Kids came third. Ah. She had two adopted daughters. She had two adopted kids? Yes, too? she did. Two adopted wow. girls. Wow, interesting. Yeah. That she eventually only saw on weekends because of all the travel her work entailed. Oh, wow. So she was serious when she said one is yep. work, two is husband, three is kids. Right. And I was kind of wondering how you guys felt about that. I I started reading um, a book that we have at the library, um, which is Mad Women, because it's the, the turn on Mad Men. Um, and it's Jane Moss. And she said the same thing too. She mm-hmm. said, my priority is my career first, my husband second, and my kids third. She did walk her children to school every day. And she lived in New York City. So she walked them down the street. And she talks about the struggle of trying to, um, her daughter was in a talent show, struggling of during her lunch break to get to the talent show to support her daughter. But at the same time, she knew which she was going to choose and it was going to be work. Mm-hmm. If she had to be in the meeting, she was going to do the meeting. And it's like, 
it almost feels like at that time when you're pushing so hard to be in a man's world and be taken seriously this is the male dynamic though the male dynamic was work first wife second children third and so they're just taking on the male role because that's i mean that's what you see you know if you can mm-hmm. see it you can be it in this case it's terrible yes okay. uh, guys developed that role because the wife was always at home with the kids was her right. husband at home with the kids or did he also have his own job he had his own job he had the airlines yeah, that's what a man is because yeah. had a busy job then that if- that is a bit strange that yeah she's only seeing them on weekends and they both have busy careers that can't have been easy for the kids yeah but they've got 30 homes they probably have a nanny right they have an oh yeah they're raised by nannies, nannies. Yeah, yeah exactly army of nannies and boarding schools <laughs> well right. i think it's interesting um i was actually able to find in this little biography of her how her daughters felt about this yeah oh cool yeah, and yeah. it was really split she has one daughter um, who's gone on to become an investment banker at J.P. Morgan Ooh. that lives in New York. That is that is serious. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And she was fine with this. Gotcha. She said she we talked on the phone driven. a lot. Yeah. She said, absolutely. Yeah. And she said she felt like she was there for all the big major things and she was totally okay go. with it. Um, but then her other daughter, um, her reaction was the opposite and she's become a stay-at-home mom. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm. So I think that's... That's interesting. They're both completely split and yeah. their careers reflect yeah. maybe how that impacted them. I yeah. don't know. And I think mm. that's, I think that's pretty, you know, it's got to be pretty accurate as far as, <laughs> you know, your, your, it depends on the kids, mm-hmm. but then at the yeah. same time, you know, it also depends on, well, what do you want to, you know, leave this world having done sort of thing. So. And she it's goes, inter- a little I know f- I couldn't do it, but right. it's interesting. Well, <laughs> I, I feel like she goes a little further than even like, you know, you choose you, I choose me, and this is who I right. am. Um, there's a quote here that says, I think women who spend the most productive years of their life nurturing children are unhappy. Oh, mm. gotcha. Well, yeah. it might have made her very unhappy. That's right. the thing. Like, to me, it was the fuel that made me happy. So I was like, but I need it. Right. <laughs> but I'm a people pleaser, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she kind of has, like, a very big personality. Yeah. Um, it says she believes that success only comes from the extreme and urgent desire to be successful. Ah, she said, gotcha. you can't just be you. You have to double yourself. You have to read books on subjects you know nothing about. You have to travel to places you've never thought of traveling. You have to meet every kind of per- person and endlessly stretch what you know. Ah. Is another quote by her. See, and yet I also agree with that at the same time. Right? Complex. It is. <laughs> it is. Um, so she was just really fascinating to read about. And I hope that someday we can get her biography for our yes. library. Um, and kind of see her personality and, and more about what drove her to become such a successful trailblazer. Yeah. Any any other thoughts or questions about... Did she have a good response born? to uh, when people would ask her, but who's home raising the kids? Uh. I don't know. That would be fascinating. <laughs> I'd want to find that out in her biography. Yeah, this is true. If she was straight like, well, we have a nanny. Yeah. <laughs> Or if she's like, why? Who's raising your kids? <laughs> what level of sarcasm and sass was on a response to such as that? And it's interesting. What did drive her to adopt? Yeah, true. Yeah. And then um, the man she married also had children. So gotcha. I think they had more than just the two girls because of his family as well. So yeah, It'd be interesting to know more about her personal life. Yeah. I like that. And I like the idea of... Um, 
different strokes for different folks. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, where do your priorities lie? What makes you feel complete and happy? Mm -hmm. And then also, um, you know, is there a middle? You know what I mean? Is it, or you take like, I like this part. I like this part. And now I'm going to create a new little middle for me. Yeah. (laughs) Cause it doesn't have to be one extreme or the other, but it could be that too. But I think it's good to recognize, yeah, that there are people that live in those extremes and that's what what drives Mm -hmm. them, makes them happy and who they are. Yep. Well, that wraps it up for us this week. Join us next week as our next gal pal shares her one cool thing as gal's guide to the galaxy podcast continues. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.